Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, coming to you in the wee hours of uh, Monday morning. Been up for a long time. Went to bed early, got up early, kind of trying to figure it all out, and uh, thought I'd go ahead and record the show for those of you that uh, maybe you're commuters and uh, or you're going to be out and about today, and uh, just try to get it done. You know, it's game week for us, which means that we'll get Mike Leach a little bit later today. Uh, we'll talk about some of that later in the week, but uh, you can find full coverage of what Mike Leach had to say at today's weekly press conference over on jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Very, very happy with our relationship there. If you're not a subscriber to Jeans Page, you certainly should be. Go visit us at jeanspage.com. You can check it out, and uh, you'll be happy that you did. I don't know if you guys know this. I guess you wouldn't know if we didn't tell you, but um, jeanspage.com. Thanks to the efforts of myself and Gene Swindoll and Dave Murray, Mike Nemeth, Paul Jones, Robbie Falk, uh, Nick Hayes, Mitch White, Marianne Swindoll. You know, we've got a, a huge crew there. We lead the network in new subscriptions this year. Despite the fact it's a global pandemic, we lead in sub- subscription growth nationally. Our percentage is better than everybody. Matter of fact, our, our month of September absolutely crushed what we did a year ago. And uh, I, I will take a little credit for our team, but it says as much about us as it does about you. That even though it's been a very challenging year for all of us, you still love Mississippi State. Along those same lines, the month of September for the Boneyard was the greatest month that we've ever had. Number one, more listens than in any month in the history of the show. And I've been doing this, I guess, now uh, seven years or so. Eight years. Eight years. I've been doing this eight years now. It's crazy to think about. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but initially I didn't want to do the show. I, I didn't. I, I didn't want to do the show. And, uh, and, and to give you some backstory on that, the first run with Bulldog Sports Radio, uh, I felt was very amateurish. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I felt like uh, they wanted to kind of give their friends shows, and many of those friends didn't have access to the, the program. They didn't attend, uh, you know, media events. They weren't credential members of the media. It was just, you know, basically a group of fans that had their own show. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, a fan-driven show wouldn't make it. But when that's all you bring is content, I think it, uh, it provides some real challenges. Well, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. Uh, you know, shows were very inconsistent. Shows were very short. And as a result, it became difficult to sell, sell ad revenue. 
because they didn't get the listens they had hoped for. So they had to kind of reboot V-Sporto and Bulldog Sports Radio. They bring in Brian Haydad full-time uh, and then contact me about coming aboard. And I told him early on, I said, I don't, I don't know. I almost feel like you guys are coming to us to kind of bail you out. And, uh, I, you know, I've got an ego like everybody else. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to show those guys what they've been missing. And then I'm going to become the number one show. And then I'll, you know, maybe I'll leave. But I, got so, I had so much fun and I had so much reaction from you guys uh, about the show. You know, it used to be a couple days a week. And then I moved to Starkville and became a three-day-a-week show. And uh, it's been great. And so now here we are eight years later doing something that I love doing. And that's communicating with you all. And I have so much great feedback from people. And listen, I get my show's not for everybody. I don't take that personally. But it is Mississippi State news from a Mississippi State guy who has access to Mississippi State. And so I believe there is some authenticity with all this. And uh, it has been wonderful. And I mentioned September being the biggest month ever. The biggest month on record prior to that was January of this year uh, during the coaching surge. And uh, obviously we had some pretty good sources uh, about all that and uh, feel great about what I reported during those times but then the month of September despite the fact that we only had one game we beat January's numbers and we crushed September year over year so thank you Uh, this is a one-man show I don't have guests I don't uh, you know I don't I don't talk about a lot of things other than Mississippi State music on this show every once in a while I'll uh, I'll talk about life a little bit but uh but be that as it may, it's been a great ride, and uh, I hope to do this for the foreseeable future. And I hope that you will tag along and uh, be a part of the Boneyard family. A big part of the Boneyard family is Bulldog Burger Company. Longtime sponsors of the show, and uh, listen, there's not a better place to break bread in Starkville or Tupelo than Bulldog Burger Company. And there's so many options to choose from. You can get just a regular hamburger. You can say, you know what, and it's not, I say regular hamburger, and that's almost demeaning to the quality of the burger. But if you want a traditional straight-ahead rock and roll burger, you get the Bulldog Burger. But if you're like me, I like to kind of experiment a little bit, I always have. I like to kind of change it up a bit. And I get the smokehouse, or I get the pimentology, and I even add the bacon just because I'm a grown man, right? I'm kind of high on this jalapeno popper burger, too. It, it will, it'll put some hair on your chest. I'm going to tell you that now. It, it's not for the meek. But find your own favorites. Go to Bulldog Burger Company. Have the spring rolls as an appetizer. That'll make you and everybody around you better looking. And we all need more of that. Two locations now to serve you. Right here on University Drive in Starkville on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. And if you're looking for a great place to watch a ball game on Saturdays, maybe you don't have tickets, maybe you're not ready to take on the stadium experience, you can go gather, have an adult beverage, and congregate with other college football fans right there at Bulldog Burger Company. Again, two locations. The place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T, in both Starkville and Tupelo. All right, let's jump to it. It's a busy show today. Got a lot going on. It's a packed show. Go ahead and settle in, and let's ride that ride with a smile. Let's go ahead and, and uh, break down the SEC review. You guys have already seen the scores. It was just four games uh, this weekend, but, man, uh, <laughs> Some intrigue, to say the least, with most of these games. Let's start with the game that everybody's talking about, and and really for all the wrong reasons. And it's not it's not Auburn's fault, and it's not Ole Miss's fault. It's SEC officials' fault. And I, I wrote a big column last year uh, about the SEC and about inconsistency, and uh, even back to 2018, you know, about uh, you know we had to fumble at Alabama and they didn't give it to us, didn't even review it, and we had a similar situation with Auburn and uh, and Ole Miss. 
And a couple of things that I point out to you too, you know, Auburn gets ahead in that ball game seven, not then then it looks like it's going to be a bit of a track meet. It's 14 all at the half. I'm settled in, ha- had quite an adventure uh, on Saturday. I just wanted to watch college football like all of you, and, and I got pretty lazy, but uh, it took me a while to kind of get going and watch that game. Uh, just You know, just one thing after another. You know how it goes. I mean, the, the best laid plans sometimes are the most difficult to implement. But uh, 14-14 at the half, and then Auburn runs the opening kickoff of the second half back for touchdown. And it's nullified due to a holding call. And it was a trash call. I mean, it really was. You had two guys that were engaged, both of them trying to overturn the other. And they flag Auburn. And I really thought the guy from Ole Miss was getting the better of the encounter. But they, were, they call it back. Wild sequence of events takes place. Auburn ends up having to punt. They snapped the ball over the punter's head. It is a complete disaster. And then Ole Miss has a chance to take an early lead. You get a free possession there. You got a chance to cash in. And then a dumb front rolled in. Uh, Auburn defensively kind of stood up there and made some plays, and Ole Miss has a chance to kick a field goal. They decide to run a fake, and they try to let poor Luke Long, he of the uh, the Golden Miss in the Egg Bowl last year, try to run for a first down. And it wasn't like it was fourth and one. It was uh, fourth and some distance. And you got a kicker, a kid from uh, Prez Christian out there trying to run against an SEC defensive back to the corner. He had no chance to make it. You give Auburn all the juice back right there. They have now survived, you know, the calamity of having a, uh, a touchdown called back and a potential game-changing turnover not cost them any points. And then some craziness began to happen. Okay, so it's tied 21-all after the third. And then special teams kind of rears its ugly head again. Auburn goes down and scores. And then they botch a snap, miss the extra point. So now it, it, it made you feel just like that Ole Miss-Kentucky game. You think, okay, these, these lucky jokers from Ole Miss, they're going to go down and score and find a way to win this ball game. And it looked like that was about to happen. Ole Miss drives right down the field, scores, makes the extra point. They're up 1-28-27. And it looks like Auburn is in a lot of trouble here. And they should have been. And then the play that everybody's talking about happens. So Luke Long uh, drives a kick down the field. It wasn't one of these touchback deals. I think it was probably scripted. Hey, let's try to pin him back there deep, make him drive the length of the field. Bo Nix has kind of struggled in situations such as this. Long executes the kick. It goes down there. Auburn returner comes up. You know, he can't fair catch that because it's on the ground, right? And I know that there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, their bias against Ole Miss probably clouds their vision a little bit on plays like this. But to me, I don't think there's any question the ball hit the guy's pinky. I mean, you know, I know some people that are double-jointed, whatever. But uh, to me, it, it appeared to be pretty clear that he did try to field it and then thought better of it and couldn't get his hands back in time. Now, he sold it. You know, he acted like it was no big deal, and I give him some credit for that. But, but Ole Miss recovers it in the end zone, and it should have been a touchdown. Now, one can argue it's kind of karma. You know, the fact that Ole Miss had a, telefo- had a penalty called against Auburn uh, that nullified a touchdown, you could say, well, it's kind of even Steven. And, and you, you know what? Maybe it is. In the grand scheme of things, maybe you can you know, maybe say, you know what? Yeah, Ole Miss didn't get a touchdown, but Auburn didn't get one either. But the bigger issue here is not about Auburn and Ole Miss. 
it's about these issues with officiating. Listen, Auburn's been bailed out a handful of times this year already. I mean, they basically gave them the game against Arkansas. Essentially did. Essentially gave them the game against Arkansas. Arkansas was going to win the ball game there. Should, should have been considered a fumble. Uh, it wasn't. You may recall Bo Nix muffed the snap and then tried to clock it. You can't do that. You can't do that, but they did. And then they kick a game-winning field goal. Uh, pretty pretty sad to see that how that all kind of played out. And so, yeah, and there was a touchdown. Kentucky was denied a touchdown uh, earlier this year in the ball game against Auburn. And so it's just weird how that continues to happen. But uh, what is the point of us having replay if, if we're not going to use it? You know, it, it goes back to that whole deal with State and Alabama at 18. You know, that there's a fumble. It's a clear fumble. The officials miss it. Listen, officials are human. But that's why we have replay, is so we can kind of remove the prop, the prospect of human error from the ball game. And so, why didn't Ole Miss get the courtesy of review? And listen, there are plenty of people listening to this and say, "Well, Steve, it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch." Well, I agree, but the the, the issue here is, SEC officiating gets another black eye. And 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 then, and then and a lot of people were critical. You know, Lane Kiffin retweets a tweet, and I'm sure he'll get fined for that, or he'll get reprimand from the league office. But it's almost like, okay, just shut up and take it. And I, and, I, and I say that the fact that I would say that about Ole Miss, I hope speaks to the fact that I see the bigger issue here. It's like we're going to do what we want to do, and if we cost you a ball game through our own ineptitude and our own incompetence then you better not say anything about it, at least not publicly. So Auburn gets the ball back. Was it 2.33 to go, I think? I mean, it was, it was late. They drive down the field. They hit Seth Williams, who was an absolute stud. He goes in. They go for two. They get it. Now it's a 35-28 ball game. Ole Miss has to drive the length of the field. They've got time to do it. They get down there, and the moment was a little bit too big for them. Had a big drop, but a big tight end, the grad transfer, I guess, from Temple. I guess it was. If he catches that, who knows? I don't know if he scores, or I don't know if he's down at the, at the four or five-yard line, but it's a huge play. And then, of course, uh, true to script, Matt Corral does, does an interception on the last play. Didn't even make it to the end zone. I don't know what that's about. But, uh, yeah, so, so Ole Miss loses the game. I really thought Ole Miss would win. Just, and some of the things that I expected came true in that game. Auburn really struggled to score. You know, but late in the ball game when the chips were down, Auburn found a way to win. And, and I think probably every Ole Miss fan in the country, when they, they're thinking, okay, we've got the lead here. We've got two and a half minutes to go, and we've got to depend on this sketchy defense to win a ball game for us. Hold my hand. Here we go. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Ole Miss defensively played pretty well throughout the ball game, probably benefited some from, uh, you know, from the wetness, the, the rain, the, the you know, the, the terrain up there is not necessarily that great. But I think Ole Miss has legit beef here. You know, I mean, and I, I've read Lane Kiffin's postgame comments and said it's you know, so frustrating because the, it was, the game was right there for them to take. You know, I, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, you make a play on defense, none of this even matters. But, um, you know, there's a real problem here. And, uh, listen, I, I think it's always great when Ole Miss loses a football game, but there's a bigger issue here. That's the fact because it's going to happen to Mississippi State again too at some point. It's there's just no accountability. There is no accountability. You know, we, we expect people to pay all this money. We expect people to show up and support the brand and, and, uh, and support the league. And, we, you know, we, our little marketing campaign, it just means more. But that appears to apply to everybody but officials. 
and uh, I reached out, uh, you know, some time ago and reached out to the SEC office and sent them a, a list of questions, and uh, they got back with me. Herb Vincent kind of sent me, uh, you know, some pretty prepared remarks there. And I got listen, I got a beef with Herb Vincent. You know, he, he's got a boss too. But at the end of the day, the, you know, the buck stops with Greg Sankey, and Greg has got to find a way to make this this work. You know, they started that SEC officiating Twitter account, which they said, hey, this is going to be an opportunity for us to be more transparent, kind of explain what happened on plays and, and give people an idea of what really happened. Um, they might as well go ahead and delete the account. I mean, it's just a matter of time before a bot just takes over the account. Because basically what all of this is now a spam and a vehicle for them to kind of share Steve Shaw's uh, breakdown about calls and that sort of stuff. I, you know, it's – this is we listen. We're part of the greatest conference in all sport, but this officiating thing is a joke. I mean, it is an absolute joke. They've got to get this thing fixed. Uh, and then again, you know, the fact that it happens to all Miss, we can all kind of snicker about that. But it is simply a matter of time where the incompetence of the SEC officiating crew uh, costs Mississippi State a big ball game. It's just a matter of time before it happens again. Alabama destroys Tennessee. No real surprise there. Tennessee begins the season two and zero. And I know many in the SEC media are Tennessee educated, and so they're, um, you know, now they're back on the Alabama bandwagon. But you hear that every year. You know, Tennessee, Tennessee's going to be great. Tennessee's back. They're, they're not. Tennessee doesn't have an elite quarterback. Uh, that game too really could have gotten away from them. Alabama could have won this thing by even more. It's a 14 nothing ball game, and you just kind of felt like the bloodletting was at hand. Tennessee makes a play, and then next thing you know, it's 28-10 at the half. And it was just – the game was already over because you knew there was no chance of Tennessee scoring 28 points. It just wasn't going to happen. And then it's a 48-17 ball game. I guess, you know, the big big story here is Jalen Waddle breaking his ankle on the very first play of the game. One of the game's most electrifying players done for the season, having to have surgery on the ankle. Now, of course, Alabama can kind of plug and play. You know, losing a guy like him despite his immense talent – it's probably not the blow to Alabama that it would be to Mississippi State or Ole Miss or, uh, you know, even Auburn in that respect. But, um, you know, they'll be okay. But what we're seeing with Alabama is incredible. Mac Jones is having a tremendous year, 387 yards passing and didn't play most of the fourth quarter. Garantano, 162 yards uh, passing. You know, Eric Gray is 57. I mean, Alabama does what Alabama wants. Very businesslike approach here. I know the fans had a good time smoking cigars and everything. But, guys, listen, this is a joke. This whole Alabama-Tennessee rivalry thing is an, is an absolute joke. And, and I've, I'm not going to belabor the point. 14 straight wins for Alabama in this, and so the rest of the league in every sport is held hostage because of this stupid ball game that only matters to Alabama and Tennessee. It is not a game of national significance. It is not a game of SEC significance any longer. People within this league need to grow up a little bit and, and kind of depart from these antiquated notions about what the Alabama-Tennessee game used to mean. It means nothing anymore. It is insignificant in every way whatsoever. It is not a rivalry. It is a complete joke. All right, Kentucky-Mizzou, very surprised, very surprised, but I shouldn't be. I mean, Kentucky's so heckling Jekyll, man. Uh, <laughs> two and three, two and three. Kentucky now two and three, and uh, you know you could make the argument. Well, you know, State should have beat them. I, I, I thought they they played us much better than the score indicated. We, we were we were awful that day, and, and a lot of those wounds are self inflicted. But offensively, Kentucky couldn't do anything. 
And this is a prime example here of Missouri and Kentucky. Missouri didn't beat themselves, and they win the ball game 20 to 10, and really looked to be in control throughout the game. You know, they kicked the late field goal uh, to go up 10-3 at at the half, and you just kind of felt like, you know what, Kentucky better score early; or they're going to be in trouble. And then they they bring in Joey Gatewood. They try to jumpstart the offense. Terry Wilson is exactly who we thought he is. He is a elite athlete that is a one-read quarterback. That's, that's who he is. You can say what you want to. You can be critical of my opinion of him. 35 yards passing in the game. 35 yards passing. And that what they had won, what, five in a row against Mizzou? You know, the, Kentucky is a very mediocre team. They are. And, and, and when they went and beat Tennessee the way they did, I was surprised. I thought after they beat us, they'd have a bit of a hangover. But that's kind of going to be Kentucky football. And Kentucky, much like Tennessee, not nearly as good as many of the media expected them to be. Uh, Larry Roundtree runs for 126 yards on like 35 carries. I mean, that's insane to think about. He had a big run late in the ball game where he thumped a, a, a Kentucky defensive back out of bounds and everybody got all hyped on the sidelines. That's kind of cool to see. South Carolina couldn't make a game of it at LSU. T.J. Finley, freshman quarterback, does exactly what we'd expect him to do. Uh, Struggled a little bit early on, but once he kind of got into the the flow of the game, I thought he did really well. Didn't play the fourth quarter. Colin Hill played really well for South Carolina. They just don't have enough playmakers to compete with LSU. 52-24, to 24, and uh, LSU probably could have scored 70 in this game. Not Now people wonder, okay, what does this mean for Miles Brennan? I don't think it means much if he's healthy. But if he's not healthy, you stick with T.J. Finley. Because T.J. Finley is clearly the future. But, you know, if you look at what Miles Brennan has done the first few starts of his career, uh, he is not the reason they've been losing. And I know it's easy to say, well, you know, hey, look, you know, Finley wins his first start. Well, yeah, it's because the LSU defense played better. They played better. Simple as that. So that's your four games. And, uh, you know, again, not a lot of surprises here. Um, you know, the, the, we all knew the Auburn Ole Miss game was a real toss-up. Kentucky-Mizzou was a real toss-up. We lose those toss-ups. The two games that I thought that were pretty pretty, pretty obvious wins were Alabama-LSU, so they win, and we lose both of the toss-ups. But uh, be that as it may, that's, that's the fun in following all this. That's why we play the games, right? Okay, time for the next top ten list, brought to you by the fine folks at MyBookie. Between the NFL, college ball, and the World Series, there's no shortage of games to watch these days, and thank goodness for that. There are thousands of lines available for all your favorite sports and events. You can turn your game day into payday with your friends at MyBookie. If you're the type of person that likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games more exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into real moneymakers. Don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value, and sometimes we know more than the scouts do, right? The thing about the NFL is no underdogs. There, there rarely are any blowouts in the NFL. And so anybody can beat anybody. And maybe that's your chance to kind of use your knowledge to cash in. Game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action. Start turning your sports knowledge into cold, hard cash. Sign up at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code BONYARD to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. That's right. You deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you another 100 as house money to play with. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code BONEYARD for you to claim your bonus and make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, and man, I'll be glad when that's over. All the major sports and so much more. 
Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie. Okay, so top 10 list. I actually agreed to do this a couple months ago, I think. And uh, I get a lot of these requests, and sometimes I forget them. Sometimes I just they, they don't hold my interest. And this one is much different than you'd expect from me. Little do you guys know, another layer of the onion kind of peeled back. Uh, years ago, I was program director at a radio station. We were an adult contemporary station, and I was program director for a while. And uh, we played some Barry Manilow. I like some Barry Manilow, even though I do admit a lot of the songs sound very similar. Uh, but David Cook, longtime listener of our show, tells me that he has all 37 Barry Manilow albums. I had no clue there were that many albums. But uh, so we're going to do Barry Manilow today. How about that? Because we're a all access show that uh, is very diverse, and uh, I like to be all inclusive. I'm not just a rock guy, so we're going to. I'm going to give you top ten. There are no honorable mentions today. Dave Cook tells me that uh, he's been chided about his, uh, you know, his appreciation for Barry Manilow's music many times in his life. But, you know, I never judge people by what they listen to. Because, I listen, there are some bands that I listen to that most many of the people that I know don't. Um, you know, one of my favorite singers of all time is Dave Glasper from the, the uh, Top 40 band Breathe years ago. You remember them? Yeah? Raise Your Hands to Heaven. Remember that? Yeah. And so I dig all that stuff. Uh, I, I think uh, Never Tear Us Apart from NXS is the greatest love song of all time. And uh, so I like Michael Hutchins, God rest his soul, like Depeche Mode, Dave Gahan. So I'm pretty diverse in my listening interests. So I never judge anybody because you never know when you're going to find something that kind of makes sense to you and you find a voice that uh, sometimes can say the things that perhaps you can't. So here are my top 10 Barry Manilow songs. Some of them uh, Dave and I disagree on, but I will defer to his expertise on the topic. He told me he went through and listened to all 37 albums and put his top 10 honorable mentions together. Incredible. Uh, Dave, I admire your uh, conviction and your dedication to putting the quality list together, but here is mine. Number 10, Could It Be Magic? Number 9, Even Now? Number 8, Copacabana? And if you remember, if you watched The Muppets back then, they used to kind of do a rendition when Barry would visit the show. Kind of cool. Number 7, Can't Smile Without You? Number six, Ready to Take a Chance Again. Another great relationship song there. Number five, Looks Like We Made It. Think about that stuff a lot. I mean, really, I mean, when you think about it, at what point do you kind of appreciate the fact that there's no true destination in life and it's all part of a journey? You know what I'm saying? Whereas you, you never get to a point where you stop. You always have to keep moving. Uh, but there are a few times in life where you feel like, hey, we made it. And, and that song kind of talks a little bit about that. But... Uh, you kind of make it to some adversity and stuff. You get through that stuff and you feel like, it. you know what, I haven't reached my final destination, but the journey is worth living. Number four, Somewhere Down the Road. Our paths are going to cross again. It's true. Number three, I Made It Through the Rain, another song about adversity. Kind of some relationship uh, issues there as well. Number two, and m most of you would have this as number one. And I, and I mentioned this to Dave, too. Dave came to book signing in Cleveland last week and uh, handed me his list. How cool is that? He said, hey, hey listen, here's my list. And uh, kind of some, some stories about how he became a Mississippi State fan. I always appreciate learning those kind of things. But number two for me 
and actually didn't make Dave's top ten, was an honorable mention, but it's Mandy. Probably probably the most loved and appreciated and, and widely played song in the Barry Manilow catalog is Mandy. Number one, for me, is I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I, I think it is a really cool track, and I think when you get down to it, that's probably the one that uh, I like the most. So there's your top ten list. You didn't expect that. You, number one, you didn't expect to have a show this early, and you certainly didn't think that the guy with dreads and tattoos would be talking about Barry Manilow uh, this this point in the morning. But you're wrong. Here we are again. Just shows you how inclusive the show is and how diverse the Bulldog family is. If you have ideas for the top ten list, reach out. And let me know. I just might use them. I look at all of them. I communicate with you guys, and I'll share my thoughts. But uh, this is one that uh, I committed to doing, and uh, never got around to it. Dave said, "You know what, Steve? I really want to hear your list." So here we are. So Dave, congratulations, and uh, enjoy some Barry Manilow in my honor today. For those of you that don't know, uh, Hawthorne is back, and uh, they have been with me on and off for a while now. I wear my Hawthorne cologne every single day. I think you guys should uh, give them an opportunity. You know, if you're thinking about making some personal changes lately, uh, part of that is improving your own self-care routine. Sometimes you don't know where to start. You get caught in the rut. When I found Hawthorne, it changed a lot of things for me. It is a premium tailored personal care brand that makes it so much easier for you to look and feel and smell your very best. You go to their website, you take the quiz. Very, very simple. Go to Hawthorne, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. And they're going to ask you some things like, you know, what's your favorite drink? How do you like to spend the night out? Do you smoke? Uh, and all of that's kind of factored in the results. It's really, really easy. And it's kind of fun, too, because you just kind of never know what they're going to ask. I, I have all the products. I have the body wash. I have the uh, shampoo, the conditioner, the cologne. You get a work, a work scent, a play scent. It is uh, incredible. You can get uh, shaving cream. You can get anything. Anything you need, personal care-wise, uh, is great. If you want to upgrade your own self-care routine, Hawthorne is the absolute best way to go. Hawthorne is a fun and convenient way to get super quality products tailored specifically for you and your needs. It takes all the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your order and returns. And if you don't like the products, they'll even retailer them for you based on your own feedback. So do what I did. Take Hawthorne's quiz today. And again, you can find that at Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O and get started with your own personalized self-care routine. Use promo code BONEYARD and get 10% off your first purchase. That's right, BONEYARD at Hawthorne.co. I think you're going to dig those products. I absolutely love them. You heard me talk about them before. They're great. Okay, for those of you that are kind of concerned yourselves with this, fall baseball for Mississippi State is wrapping up. It's the uh, the World Series this weekend for State. Uh, two, two nothing lead for Team Queso, which is uh, they got Team Goat and Team Cheese. That's Goat Jake Gotro. And then Kyle Cheeseborough. So, so you get goat cheese, which is hilarious considering who we are and where we're, where we're from. But uh, let, let me give you a quick recap here for those of you that hadn't kept up here. So uh, Team Cheese, Team Queso, won 9-5 in game one on Friday. Here are a few highlights from that. Uh, Braylon Skinner was two for two with a walk and a hit by pitch and had, had a stolen base. So that's a, that's a thousand on on-base percentage. Cameron James, one of my favorites, two for four with an RBI and two stolen bases. Rowdy Jordan, a five for five game. That's going to be huge when you begin to break this thing down and you think about, okay, this is what we lost with Jake a couple years ago. I wondered if Rowdy would be able to take over as a leadoff spot. 
I just didn't know if he had that kind of makeup in him. You know, but uh, there he is making things happen early on. Happy to see that. Tanner Allen, three for five with a double and a triple. We need that guy to be an extra base machine. Josh Hatcher, two for four, a couple ribbies. Brandon Pimentel, one for one with an RBI. People tell me if he can go out there and have the year winning. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He didn't have, it could be the difference in, um, you know, an SEC championship type year or another hosting type year. You know what I'm saying? Like we could be a contender or we could be a real contender. We could be a you know, real threat for a national championship. But he is a guy we're going to have to have him play well and left, and he's going to have to swing a good bat. All right, so here's some velos from that first ball game. I saw Houston Harding pitch this summer out in Meridian. Uh, he was consistently 87, 89 through 90. Uh, Patrick Stanat, how about that? It's a name to remember, 94 on the gun. Carlisle Kessler hit 93, consistently 90, 92. Casey Hunt hit 94 on the gun. Kate Smith, 91. Jared Chimper, 90. Riley Watkins, 90. So you had a bunch of guys throw in a lot of ELO. And that's one thing Foxhall said is these guys could really sling it. So we get into, and we'll have the you know stats up later on uh, on game two, but uh, kind of give you a rundown here based on what Mike Nemus shared with us yesterday. That was a 6-5 ball game, 6-5 game that went back and forth. Uh, it's one of those things, too, when you worry about, you know, throwing so many guys out there. You had Christian McLeod and Eric Sarantola going head-to-head yesterday, uh, two of our weekend starters, which reminds me, too, I had a little birdie tell me we might actually have a four-game SEC series this year. Instead of playing like a huge non-conference schedule and having all this travel, that we might actually play SEC week, weekly series, maybe four games. Don't know how true that is yet, but that's what they tell me is if that's the case, that's advantage Mississippi State because we have the pitching to navigate through a four-game series. Interesting. Just kind of put that under your cap for now, and we'll see how things develop. But, uh, you know, if we're going to be able to try to out Bednar and Sarantola and McLeod out there and then have these other guys, we could probably piece one together. Uh, pretty excited about that. Okay, so yesterday, uh, you know, Team Cheese won again. It's a 6-5 game. Uh, they had 10 hits to 7 for the Goats. Uh, Eric Sarantola and McLeod combined to allow nine hits and seven runs over five and two-thirds innings and eight walks. That, that's got to come down. And, and, and a lot of that Sarantola has kind of been the book on him is if he can't land that breaking ball, then all of a sudden you kind of sit fastball and he has to kind of nibble a little bit. Doesn't always work out. All right, so uh, Rowdy Jordan opens up the game, uh, gets a walk, and then Scott uh, DeBrule singles to center. We haven't heard a lot about DeBrule. I was told that uh, – he, the early returns on him were kind of up and down, but he is beginning to settle a little bit and uh, should be your starting second baseman. Uh, Jordan scored with an errant pickoff uh, from McLeod, throwing a ball in, in the center field, and that allows Rowdy to score. All right, so then Jake Gotro's team battles back in the bottom half with uh, Skinner gets a single, takes second, Cameron James singles, 
brought runners at first and third, and then uh, you get an infield singing off off Logan Tanner's bat, and uh, James comes around and scores on a sack fly, make it 2-1. The white squad comes back, scores another run the next the next frame against Sarantola. Blaze Berry involved in that, walks all second, and scored on Skinner's second hit. So there we go. We've got the Skinner kid coming along, putting the ball in play with runners on, making things happen. It's one of the most frustrating things for a coach is when you have with runners on base and people won't put the ball in play. Skinner was eventually thrown out trying to steal, but um, part of the deal. All right, so the Goats have a 3-1 lead. Now Cheeseburst team comes back, ties it at three. McLeod had a streak of six straight hitters, Snapped when Tanner Allen opened up with a uh, with a walk there, and again it's a two out deal. It's just a th- the thing you know with McLeod, he was really good at last year, but you got to be able to finish innings. Then Josh Hatcher, who I think is going to have a huge year this year, gets a single. Allen scores on uh, Case Garner single, and Luke Hancock, another guy that gets lost in the discussion sometimes, singles home Hatcher, and it's a three three ball game. They pull Sarantola after seventy six pitches. They bring in Davis Rokus. Uh, he gave up a double, and uh, next thing you know, it's uh, the game's kind of getting away. But, Ro- listen, we expect Rokus to be a good player. Team T- Chiefs battles back, takes a 5-4 lead against Stone Simmons in the fourth. Lane Forsyth legged out a bunt single. Uh, the third one out. De Brule and Allen registered back-to-back singles. Here's De Brule again getting another hit. And then uh, Rokus settles down, retired five of the next eight, and uh, they get out of the deal. And uh, so Maroon team comes back, takes a 6-4 lead into the seventh. Hatcher doubles deep into the gap and uh, scored with Luke Hancock. Again, a guy that doesn't get talked about enough gets a single. And then it ends up being a you know 6-5 ball game. They, uh, they tack on a run late to try to get into it. But uh, Jackson Forrester comes in and has a 1-2-3 ninth inning for the save. So there we go. That's uh, where things stand today. They uh, they didn't get to finish. It was so wet yesterday. They ended up. Bang- I guess it was what day they banged the game. Was it Sunday? Sunday, Saturday they banged the game. Uh, so still got some work to do in this deal to kind of finish this thing up. But uh, yeah, I thought you guys would like to know. And if you if you're looking for that kind of coverage, you can find full coverage over on jeanspage.com. Uh, we cover everything year round. I continue to talk to people that tell me so many great things about this Bulldog baseball team. You know, we're, we're a power bat away. And so people will say, well, you know, if we had another power bat, if you had a guy like Justin Foskey in the lineup, you know, a guy that you would expect, uh, you know, let somebody make some mistake. He's a good mistake hitter, and he can put two or three runs on the board with one swing. You don't, you don't have a lot of that. You know, Josh Hatcher can be a big left-handed bat. Forrest Tanner Allen can be as well. But uh, if you had another big right-handed stick, it would be, be big. But you're developing some doubles hitters. You're beginning to get some guys – you know, they're kind of coming around making big hits. But uh, you know what we got pitching-wise, and it seems like we're going to have some offense to go with it. Like all of you, I am ready for baseball to begin. I give Gene and Mike a lot of credit. Mike sometimes covers football with me. We'll hustle back sometimes to get back at 2 and 3 in the morning, and then he still gets up and goes and covers baseball on Sunday. Uh, Gene's out there all the time. So so that's where we stand. All right, new sponsor for uh, a little stretch for us, Keeps. You know, as grown men, there's so much of our identity and sometimes our self-confidence that is, uh, you know, wrapped up in our hair. I can speak to that. I've got a lot of it. 
from how it feels after getting a fresh cut to how it's perfectly styled before going out that's all we get into our 20s and 30s and we start noticing the first signs of hair loss one of my best friends in the world was already having a receding hairline when we graduated high school he's completely bald now if he'd had an opportunity you know to to make some changes back then it might be a different day to day not that he's unhappy with his life but it's one of those things i don't think he was ready to be mostly bald in his early 20s i'm sure he panicked thankfully now there's a program like keeps the simple and easy way to keep your hair did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35 the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left Get treatment from home. You used to have to go to a doctor's office for hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. That's awfully convenient. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months. So you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. And listen, nobody has time for all that anyway, especially when it's something you're already kind of self-conscious about. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Prevention's key. Keeps treatments typically between four and six months to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save, the less you'll see in the drain in the shower. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and more than 100,000 men that Keeps for their hair loss that use Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start as low as just 10 bucks a month, and plus for limited time, you can get your first month free. Please uh, understand that this is one of these deals that uh, a lot of men are going to keep private. It's one of those things you're going to be self-conscious about. So here's the deal. If you're ready to take action to prevent your hair loss, go to keeps, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash boneyard, to receive your first month of treatment for free. Simple as that. Go to keeps.com slash boneyard. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash boneyard. Go check it out. FDA approved medication delivered right to your home without the embarrassment of uh, having to go to a doctor and talk about things that perhaps you're somewhat self-conscious about. I mean, that's, that's part of life. And this is one of those things that you can avoid. Again, keeps.com. Go check it out today okay so over the weekend we had a new football commitment to sean page not a surprise that he committed the, the timing i guess is a little bit of a surprise Deshaun page six three ish 225 ish linebacker from east mississippi community college if you haven't watched this film let me encourage you to do so and you can do that by going to jeanspage.com we, i wrote an article yesterday what's mississippi state getting into sean page i really like this commitment he was committed to Texas Tech. Before that, he was committed to Kansas State. Before that, he was in high school uh, there in Knoxville, Tennessee. He was a 5A Mr. Football in Tennessee. That's a pretty – you listen, you got Memphis and Nashville there, some pretty big population centers. They play a lot of football up there. And so this is the guy that won Mr. Football, originally signed with Marshall, didn't make the grades, enrolls at East Mississippi. Uh, they're not playing this fall. But uh, he is one of those guys, too, can be a three-year guy at Mississippi State. So that's a cool thing. Okay, but, you know, Steve, it's great. We get a lot of students. Can he play in the SEC? Yes, he absolutely can. One of the things that I like about him is because of his length and athleticism, he can get out and cover in the flats. Uh, He is not a typical downhill linebacker that kind of struggles to turn and run. 
I think that's a big part of things in this new evolution of uh, of offensive football with the college game. You've got to have long lane athletic linebackers that can really run. The days of the big thick, you know, thumper that is kind of a tackle to tackle linebacker that that's pretty much over. I'm sure at some point you know it all goes through cycles and there'll be some innovation and we'll get back to you know power football at times. But uh, with everybody spreading the field out, you've got to have backers that can get out there and play. And uh, we have sometimes been linebacker poor. I think we're actually have been pretty good the last couple of years. I think we're in pretty good shape this year. But when you begin to think about, you know, Paige being able to come in next year and probably play the Will spot, I don't think he's going to be a Sam guy. I think that he is a guy, number one, you want him out there uh, to be able to defend the tight end and, and to be able to buzz the flats out there with the backers are out there. I mean, the running backs are kind of slipping out there in a the pass pattern. Uh, I really like him, and I also like how quick he is to diagnose the play and put his foot in the ground and then go fit a gap. Now, everybody, you're seeing highlights, obviously, but when you go watch his film, he shows no hesitation at all. Once he identifies the ball carrier, he plots a path to the ball carrier, and he goes and blows things up. Very, very physical player, and in this league, that's what you have to have. you got to have linebackers that can run, but also, too, that can put their head in there and really deliver a blow. And I think that that's when you – what's the thing that jumps out at you when you watch him is that he's not just some guy out there that has an aversion to contact. There are some people, of course, that uh, they play linebacker, but they only want to play, you know, out in space. This is a guy that is capable of playing in space or finding a way to get in there and fit gaps on the interior. And so I think he can be an every-down linebacker for Mississippi State. I think it's a huge get for us. I think uh, he is probably a little bit undervalued in the rankings. And so then the question says, well, Steve, you know, what's going to happen? Well, the ranking thing for JUCOs is going to be a little bit different this year because there's no film for a lot of these schools yet, the ones that are going to like to play in the spring, and then all of a sudden they'll be ranked based on film after they sign, you know, which will kind of make it a little bit interesting. It'll be a little bit, uh, it'll be a little bit complicated. And so, but if you had to rank him based on the film that's available from last year, I think he's a four-star player. I do. Uh, and I, I, w- I will make that case. Um, somebody probably should have already done it. And what's interesting is I noticed that uh, some people have him listed as the top linebacker, uh, top inside linebacker uh, in the country. And so I think that he is getting his just due. I don't know that he is ranked. Uh, kind of um, appropriately at this point. And so we'll kind of see how things develop. It's more difficult to make that case when we don't have fresh film to work with. And so we'll work through it. I think this guy's a real difference maker for State. I think that he is a guy that will probably spend two years uh, at State and then probably go pro. You'd like for him to be the full three years. But um, with the fact that they're not playing this fall and that he's on track to graduate in January, he'll have the opportunity to enroll at Mississippi State in January and then have three years to play three, which is a really cool thing. You have the benefit of spring practice. And, uh, listen, we're not going to be linebacker poor next year, but we're going to be losing Earl Thompson. And, uh, you know, we've got some young guys out there that can really run and play. But, uh, you know, we're going to need some guys that go make tackles too. You're going to lose a lot of leadership and a lot of tackles with Earl Thompson. That's another guy with no aversion to contact. But uh, I don't know that um, that Page is the guy that balks up and plays in the middle. But with this, this – hybrid spread offense stuff the true Mike linebacker is kind of gone you know what I'm saying I mean you, you just don't have those big beefy linebackers that can't get out and run anymore you had a lot of guys who were kind of alligator fast that um, they were really good at playing between the tackles and fitting gaps and getting in there and fighting off fullbacks but nowadays 
you got to be able to get outside and be really kind of a sideline to sideline guy. That's what I think Deshaun Page is. And it will be interesting to see how big he is after six months with Tyson Brown. I Again, I love the, the, the commitment. Felt like this was going to happen. Paul Jones and I both crystal balled him, I guess, about three weeks ago to Mississippi State. Didn't expect it to happen this weekend, but felt it was a matter of time. Now that he's here, let's hang on to him. Feel really good about the direction there. And, of course, now State with two two players from East Mississippi committed to Mississippi State. Nick Jones, offensive lineman, originally from Bahalia. Don't know how close of friends they are, but uh, it's nice to see the Bulldogs back in scuba because Buddy Stevens and them are going to attract great players. They're going to develop great players. Uh, and it's not going to be just guys from the Golden Triangle like it was when the, the districts were all locked up. And you expect to get those guys anyway. But last chance you put East Mississippi on a different level. They were already winning national championships, but there's a lot of these out-of-state players, given the opportunity, will pick East Mississippi over some other opportunities within the state. It's because of the notoriety of the East Mississippi program. And so we need to be able to take advantage of that. And you look at the careers that uh, Chauncey Rivers and Brian Cole had here, which was the first time State had signed some players from East Mississippi, I guess, since Justin Cox. But uh, be that as it may, Greg Gett, great player, at a position of need. I think his raw athleticism is absolutely off the charts. And I think if, you, if you're not familiar with him, you should get familiar with him because I believe he is a guy that will be very, very involved in Zach Arnett's scheme. And that's the thing about this 3-3-5 defense. It is kind of plug and play. You know, you don't have guys that are just tailored to a scheme. You can kind of build your defense around your strengths. I think he gives Arnett a lot of options. And I begin to think about, you know, Bug Strong – Navante Q. Strong, they call him Bug. And now Deshaun Page coming in. Uh, you're going to have a couple of big-time players come in in January that are, I think are actually going to make your defense better. You know, it's not going to be – listen, you're not going to replace Earl Thompson with just anybody. But when you begin to look at the athleticism from uh, Strong and Page, I think that unit will be better as a unit – just because of the fact I think you're bringing some guys in that are very active and that pursue the football very, very well. And, I, and that's not the same thing about Thompson. I'm just saying we're going to lose him anyway, but we're going to, we're going to have replace him with a couple of guys that um, can really play. And I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll live up to the standards that um, Errol Thompson and others have set at the linebacker position at Mississippi State. All right, our friends at Campus Bookmart, again, longtime sponsors of this show, they would love to take care of you because of the fact that's what they do. Uh, they're great people there. Stand the man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there will smile and treat you like family because you are family. They got the great bookstore upstairs and then so many great gift items downstairs. If you're not familiar with Campus Bookmark, you should be. I've had so many people that say, Steve, I had never been in there until I heard you talk about it on the show. Uh, that's great. It's great that, that uh, you found out about them through me, but it's sad that you're, you're kind of late to the party. Campus Bookmart has everything you need, Mississippi State related. You can outfit your home, your RV, your pet, anything you want. You can get baby clothes there. You can get barbecue uh, tools there, whatever you need. And anything out there that's got an M over S logo on it, Kathy Brown's going to order, okay? You can go check out them online at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Okay, so now with Paige in the boat, what's next? 
I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Get real close to the speaker. Get real close. You're probably going to get another commitment this week. Offensive line prospect Carson Williams. Plays for Mississippi Gulf Coast. Big player. Matter of fact, Gene Swindoll went and saw him last week. He's a massive offensive tackle prospect. Uh, had some illness last week, not coronavirus-related, that kind of held him out of practice. He played a little bit on Thursday night. Clarence McDougal says he has the best feet of all the linemen on the team. They love him. He's got a handful of G5 offers right now. We've got to have some, uh, some reinforcements come in, some guys that can be here in January and bring some competitive fire and some competition to that room. That's what Carson Williams is going to do. Him and Nick Jones and Gabe Cavazos all expected to be here in January. Macklin Pounders or McKaylin Pounders will be a spring graduate, but uh, got a good chance to get three offensive linemen in here for spring practice. Carson Williams will be one of them. Carson Williams, a native of Forest, Mississippi, played his high school ball at Scott Central. Signed on with Arkansas State. Got up there and thought, you know what? I'm going to reboot this thing. I think I'm an SEC lineman. He goes back, and that's exactly what he is. Now, when you begin to kind of run this thing down, you begin to think about, okay, our needs at offensive line are rather emergent. Your staff has taken steps to, to correct that. Okay, they don't need you or I to kind of reach out and say, hey, coach, we need some linemen. Yeah. The plan all along was to sign five. Carson Williams will be number four. And then I think you saved that fifth spot for a high school offensive lineman. I think you you got to get some guys in the, in the pipeline, the developmental pipeline. And there's a lot of new names out there. we got a lot of new offers out there. But, uh, you know, I think Carson Williams will commit. I, I've had some people tell me he's already privately committed and just waiting to kind of do his announcement this week. Uh, they have a bye week this week, and he wanted to take a little time to kind of talk to his family just to be sure about everything. So I don't think there's any really decision to be made. I think he knows exactly what he wants to do. It's just a matter of announcing. He also is very close to uh, Navantecue Strong, a.k.a. Bug. Uh, they're essentially best friends. And that's one of the things that you begin to see. There's a lot of connections within this class. A lot of people already have some pre-existing relationships so they're not just committed to Mississippi State, but they're committed to each other. Uh, there will be some changes within this class. Uh, I think Cortez Eatman's commitment is, uh, is very shaky at this point, and he is a junior college corner. You know, he's a guy that's bounced around a little bit, played, uh, what, Division three or NAI ball, and then ultimately went to uh, junior college at Independence, Kansas, and then redshirted there, and then went to – Gulf Coast, and then he's not on the roster there. There's talk that he's at Holmes. You know, these journeymen, sometimes it rarely seems to work out. And so I would say that is a situation that is under evaluation at this point. And then, of course, you'd have to go out and get another player. You know, you'd have to go out and get – you know, that's the thing. You begin to look at this thing. We could use we could use some more depth at corner. We really could. We've had some guys that we've signed and recruited that, uh, you know, haven't, haven't lived up the expectations yet. You, know, you feel good about your starting group, and uh, you know you lose Tyler Williams, you lose Jerry and Jones, and all of a sudden you could find yourself in a depth situation, and that's kind of where we are. And so don't be the least bit surprised if you see some more junior college corner names show up in the weeks ahead just because of the fact I think Mississippi State has identified a need there, and if Eatman's not going to be a part of things, they got to take some steps to kind of move ahead there. That's not to say that we have to get a JUCO guy. 
I think you take the best available guy there too. But I think you can feel good knowing that uh, you know if you can get Justin Wiley, Jaden Wiley's brother, I think that that that, that fills a good need for you as well. And I think Kadarius Callaway is another guy that uh, Bulldog fans seem to keep an eye on. I still think that he flips back to Mississippi State, and we'll see. We'll see. A lot of recruiting left to be done, and, and it's going to be interesting too because. You know, without in-home visits, without official visits, and there's talk now that it's it's probably may even run the dead period may run through. For certainly the first quarter of 2021, and potentially the rest of the academic school year. So, what do you do when you can't do in-person stuff? You know, I mean, it's yeah. There's only so much you can show on a Zoom call. There's only so many videos you can do. I mean, yeah. How do you get a vibe? I mean, it's just like dating somebody. I mean, until you get in the same room. And you get around each other. How do you even know if you have any real chemistry? I mean, I listen, I, I can't begin to imagine dating in the Internet age. I know so many people feel like they're building a relationship through text and, and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, un- until you get in the room, because you're going to live face-to-face, you know, and so until you get together, how do you know if you have a vibe or not? There's a lot of I mean, how many nightmare stories do we hear, you know, about, hey, you know, they were really cool, and then I met them, and I didn't really like them. You know, it's going to be the same way with recruiting. Everybody puts their best foot foot forward, you know, any Zoom calls and that sort of stuff. But, you know, what do you do when things, when somebody's having a bad day? How do you handle all that? You know, those are the things I think you only learn over time. And that's one of the things that makes all this so difficult in recruiting. There's so many of these young men and their families and even your coaching staff, yeah, they're getting such small doses of relationship building with each other. And everybody can look good for a few minutes, man. It's just like a highlight video. You know, you give me enough time and enough tape, I can make anybody look like a four a four star kid. You know, it's the same thing with all this recruiting stuff. You know, it's like if I if I only got to be myself for a few minutes, and, and I can get out there and kind of be you know be who I want to be. You can see me at my best, and you know, you don't necessarily see your authentic self. You don't always present your authentic self. And let's let's be honest, all coaches yell. You know, some yell more than others. Some yell profanity. Some yell encouragement. But, you know, at some point you're going to get in a situation where, you know, you're going to have a coach out there to have to hold you accountable. And sometimes that means putting some bass in your voice. That is a reality of life. And so I think as a result, and I've said this multiple times throughout this pandemic, is you're going to have the transfer portal full the next couple of years because you're going to have a lot of players that are going to make a major decision based off very limited information and very limited interaction. And so people are going to get there and say, you know what, it's not what I thought it was going to be. You know, and that's the thing. You look back at, uh, you know, Carson Williams is what he said. He goes, you know, I got to Arkansas State, and I thought, you know what, I, I can't see myself staying here four and five years. And he was a guy, too, that it kind of happened for him late. He was a Mississippi-Alabama participant, Alabama All-Star Game participant. And he got late offers kind of off the benefit of his senior tape, you know, Liberty and several others. I guess he, in the end he had like maybe five offers and then picked Arkansas State, felt that Jonesboro was probably not too far from home, but also kind of similar to kind of what he grew up with, you know, similar value system. And he gets up there and decides, you know what, I'm better off going to JUCO and taking another swing at this thing. So you're going to see some guys do that. I think there's going to be a bunch of them, to be honest with you. So uh, – Look for that, you know, in the weeks and months ahead as, uh, as we get into this recruiting process because there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of stuff that happens with guys making decisions based off the bright lights in the big city. And then they get there and they realize they're not exactly 
things aren't exactly what they expect them to be. Speaking of exceeding expectations, let me remind you, new residential community being built here in Starkville, Portico, located off Garrett Road, Garrett Road, behind uh, Hilton Garden Inn and the Cryford Jeep dealership, just over a mile from campus. Very, very, very easy access to Highway 82 and 25. So when you're getting ready to go on the road and see the Bulldogs play, you don't have to fight a lot of traffic. There'll be 51 houses total in this development, 18 in the first phase, and they're pretty close to having those move-in ready. Really, really close to having those ready. Be 33 houses in the second phase. That'll happen after the first of the year. Um, houses will range from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet and from two-bedroom, two-bath, up to four-bedroom, four-bath. So if you're looking for an investment property, a weekend getaway, or just a place where you can come and stay when it's time to see the Bulldogs play, they've got everything to meet your needs. Or if you want to be a year-round Stargill residence with a, with a growing family, this is a great place to consider. Portico even includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. And uh, here's the deal, guys. If Brooks Bryan is my friend. You guys probably know him as the guy that robbed the home run to beat Washington to send us to Omaha. But he's so much more than that. But uh, listen, if you've never heard that story, Brooks is happy to tell it to you. Reach out to him at 601-416-8075. At 601-416-8075. Okay, it's going to be a busy week for me. Three book signings this week. I will be at Stribling Pharmacy on Tuesday in Philadelphia. That's going to run, uh, uh, let me, let me double-check that time for you. Yeah, that's going to be 2.30 to 5.30, 230 to 5.30, this Tuesday, Philadelphia, Stribling Pharmacy. Come by, say hello. And then on Wednesday, I'll be at the Louisville Rotary Club, down at Lake Tioc. That's 11.45 to 1. And then Thursday evening, I'll be back in the capital city of Jackson, Mississippi, at Capital City Grill. That's on I-55 North. That's 5050 I-55 North Jackson. I'll be there from 4 to 7. A lot going on this week, so come out and say hello. And if, listen, if you can't make it to a book center, maybe you're not ready to take that on, visit alphadogsthebook.com. That's alpha, D-A-W-G-S, thebook.com. And you can get personalized copies there. You can get all three books there. You can get Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs, and I'll personalize them however you want. And uh, go ahead and prepare. Listen, I don't know if you realize this, but uh, what are we, 60 days from Christmas and you haven't even started your shopping? Go ahead and knock off some Bulldogs off your list today by going alphadogsthebook.com and order personalized copies and then go to starkvillains.com and get yourself some Stark Villains gear. Very happy to be with you today. It, uh, i got a lot going on, a lot going on these days. And uh, so I'm doing my best to bring these shows to you on a timely basis. I was a little bit late last week with the show. I didn't want to be. It just kind of happened. So happy to get this one out. Uh, I know my friend Fred Hartley will be happy that he can listen to Boneyard whenever he wants today. Matter of fact, Fred's probably not even awake, and I've already recorded this Boneyard. And so we'll have this up for you throughout the day, and then uh, we'll get Wednesday's show up pretty early too to give you guys an opportunity because, again, it's a busy week, so I've got to be very regimented and scheduled in the things that I do. And so by the time we get together, chances are we'll have another football commitment, or we'll be close to one with Carson Williams. And uh, listen, we're getting really close to having the class full, but there's still some needs to meet. And again, there will be some ebb and flow with all that. There will be some changes uh, with this. But um, as we get into Wednesday, too, we'll preview what's ahead as Mississippi State plays Alabama. State already, uh, what, close to a five-touchdown underdog in that ball game. 
we got them exactly right where we want them, right? We're going to go shock them in the world. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.